Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Life Money You podcast. I'm Bjorn, and today I have uh, one of my great friends, Christy, here with me. We are actually in studio together. You're in the Life Money You vault, I am, Christy. I am in the special recording room. What a s- All the financial well-being education magic. Happens. Oh, yeah. There's no windows and a little bit of magic, but it's <laughs> fun fun to be here together. We don't get to do this very often. But before we get started, as always, on this podcast, we've got to start in a very serious place. So, Christy, did you hear about the guy who made a lot of money investing in apples? No, I did not hear about. Turns out he was insider training. Insider training. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse, but... Christy, thanks for being here today. We've done a lot of different episodes, topics on different things, and I just thought that your story of how you've gotten to where you've gotten would be kind of interesting to hear more about. And so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and I've got a bunch of different things I want to ask you about how you got to where you are. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, my name is Christy Mertens. I am the Senior Director of BC Wealth Advisors. BC Wealth Advisors is the financial planning and wealth management arm of BCU, our credit union. So I was, if you want to kind of go way back, born and raised in Iowa. So even though I have lived in Minnesota for 30 plus years, my husband will still tell me I am an Iowegian. I will always be an Iowegian, but lived in Minnesota for nearly three decades. I've had a unique journey, I guess you could say, where I learned about money and what I thought about money growing up and what was taught to me by my parents versus where I'm at right now. There's so many individuals and there's so many careers out there where you can literally benefit personally by what you do for your day job. And understanding the financial world and the importance of saving and investing, I take so much personal benefit from it. My family takes benefits from it. I mean, we used to have financial planning Sundays at my house when my son was growing up and went off to college and all of his friends came over. And I I, I don't know if it was just they wanted me to make lasagna or... (laughs) (laughs) But I also then had an opportunity to teach these young minds in their 20s, early 20s, about the importance of a 401k and how saving. So I think of that's my day job. And here I can benefit my circle of family and friends for it. So kind of a a blessing for a career path. Yeah, that's awesome. That's actually similar to me too. Like I had a a very similar thought with this world is that I I was just trying to figure it out myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I was starting to learn these things. And it was like, oh my gosh, if I start early, if I put money aside, if I open up a Roth IRA when I was 18, that's when I started. There's just no one around me that's thinking like this. And so there was just such a wealth of knowledge that could be shared like you did, or maybe it was a lasagna. You never know, but a little bit of both (laughs) short-term and long-term benefits happening there. So could you just tell us a little more? You had said something about your family upbringing and what you learned about money. So tell us what that was like. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I said, born and raised in Iowa. My dad was a farmer. My mom was the typical farmer's wife, cleaned houses. My parents actually split when I was little. And so my mom went one path and my dad went another path. And I had two very different examples in how you manage your money and your finances and your future. My dad, I I love him dearly. I lost him about a decade ago, but if he had a dollar, he spent a dollar 25. I never learned anything about saving because my dad was just a a spender. We had the the new combine, the new tractor, but it was debt, 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 you know, to get where you needed to go. And then on the flip side, I don't know if it was my mom kind of being in that environment. She went saver like none other. I mean, I always tease her when she squeaks when she walks, because if she has a dollar, she's figured out how to save 75 cents of it. So very impressive. But yet at the same time, the world of investing 
terrified her. So she was a great saver, but she didn't ever talk about investing long-term. It was just for her, that financial security and being debt-free was so important. And so those were my two examples growing up. So I knew absolutely nothing about investing until I started down this career path of being a financial advisor. It was spender or saver. There was no plan or invest component. Interesting. So you kind of had, yeah, these two very different styles and sounds like there were kind of big time pros and cons of of both of those. And as you kind of grew up and were reflecting on that and going through, I'm assuming school and all these kinds of things, I mean, tell us about what even in you wanted to kind of go down the financial path or did you do that to start? Well, I started out, I got married young, started a family, which was great. Started working at my son's daycare and preschool center. So I was a preschool teacher for a while, learned in very short fashion. That was not for me. God bless all of those that can teach little children how to write their names and ABCs and one, two, threes, but I knew in short fashion that was not for me. So started taking some business classes and graduated with my business administration degree with a minor in finance and went to my family bank and applied for a job and ended up taking a financial advisor position, which I knew nothing about. So here I go from preschool teacher to business school, graduating, and then immediately having to study for my securities exam and get my insurance license. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that money and capital markets class was all about in college. So it was a a wide range of education from books to study of hard knocks, so to speak, for life lessons, to then really understanding the importance of saving and investing and having a plan and then helping others along that journey. So it wasn't necessarily planned to start out that way, just ended up going down that path instead of the banker route, went down the financial advisor route. Yeah, what an interesting leap, you know, kind of away from teaching and that sort of thing. So you you said you figured out in short fashion that wasn't for you, but was there anything that you took from that experience that you feel like you reflect on that was helpful, I guess, for future positions or future Yeah, roles? I would say it's patience to understand what the long-term picture looks like. When you have a four-year-old, they are just understanding the world and vocabulary and all sorts of different minds and opinions and very verbal (laughs) about those positions. So if you aren't, I mean, you're a dad of a lot of girls. Four girls. It's very verbal at our (laughs) house. Yes. Very, very verbal. So when I think of taking the opportunity to really understand. And our CEO, Mike Valentine, you know, he has said, listening to understand. And it's so, so true. I think from listening to understand, whether it's a four-year-old talking about what's important to them and helping them understand why they need to do something one way or the other versus going down into the financial path of really listening to understand what's important to an individual. What are my goals? What are my dreams? I mean, I think of even just the most basic questions that a financial advisor can ask is what keeps you up at night? And then they just want to know, am I going to be okay? What do I need to do to get where I need to go? And our credit union's purpose is to empower members towards financial freedom. And I think of in my career, I've done so many financial well-being education presentations. And I say that all the time, but it's it's so true because we just want to help people make better financial decisions to have the confidence. This is what I need to do. And here's why. And to understand and have, I would say, conviction in their decisions to continue down that path. Yeah. Well, I love the idea of 
trying to figure out what's important to people. You know, I think I find that a lot of financial experts just sort of want to exert their expertise. You know, they've like, I've gotten certified, I've gotten my licenses, I've done this for a while, I, I want to expert on you. Yeah. And sometimes that's needed because sometimes people are stuck, they need somebody to kind of help them get unstuck and they need that expertise. But to take the time to help identify. And sometimes people, I mean, this is not a topic that we like to talk about in most cases. So just helping people to see that finances align so closely with what's important to us, or oftentimes what's not important to us, and they actually need to move closer to what is truly important to us. They need space to do that. And so you become a kind of a trusted friend, a trusted advisor, I guess, more specifically to draw that out of them and help them to understand, oh yeah, that is important. And oh man, I'm spending money over here that I can't spend over here on the things that I really do actually value more. And I mean, in a lot of ways you're making their life make more sense almost, or maybe make them even happier in their life because you're helping them connect those things together where as a lot of us just sort of let life happen, let finances happen. We just spend money. And sometimes we don't even really think about where that money is going or how it is connecting to the things that are most important. So that's neat that you're thinking like that. And then as you meet with people, you're drawing them out and asking good questions to really get them to dig a little deeper, you know, than just like, I want to be okay. I mean, that is always part of it, but to go a step further to say, well, how can it be great? You know, how can we make this a great lifestyle? and a great life in the future that will be meaningful to to you and those around you. Well, and that's where I think a financial advisor can help lend perspective. We are emotional about our own finances. I mean, life is, you only get one life. You want to live it to the fullest and, and it's balancing. How do I live a good life today? But also make sure that I live a good life in the future. But also I'm blessed. So personally, I can take what I know professionally and help people in my personal life. I can help myself in my personal life, but not everyone has that as their day job. You know, they have to work at getting the knowledge. Well, first they have to have the interest to get the knowledge, but then can they be unbiased? And that's where a lot of times a financial advisor can come in, give them perspective based on what is important to them. I mean, I believe it begins and ends with someone's financial goals. Everyone's financial goals are different. Yes, do most everyone's path lead them to retirement? Of course it does. But what are some of those other financial goals and priorities along the way to help them get where they need to go? And then a financial advisor can give them perspective. What are the things that you're not considering? What are the things that we need to take a closer look at? Are you aware of your risk in this particular area? And do you feel comfortable with it. We have the ability to take all of our professional experience from a licensing standpoint, just from having hundreds, if not thousands of conversations with different individuals and their goals, and to help you kind of put it together for your financial life. And just having that conversation with someone, looking at it from a different perspective to give you something to consider maybe a little bit differently can be a game changer in getting you on the right path to financial success. Totally. There's like three areas that need to be factors. The book knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, CFPs, licensed professionals have to have, of course. And then there's kind of the street knowledge where yeah. you're working with lots of individuals and you're going through all these experiences. And then you can kind of bring that to each interaction that you have. But then there's the third interesting factor of the actual person you're working with yeah. <laughs> and how they understand money and what's important to them. Yeah. And those may not always line up. (laughs) And so I think being able to be flexible too, it sounds like, to the stated needs. And I think know when to sort of exercise that street knowledge or expertise or whatever to sort of give 
some other ways of thinking about it and find a way forward with that person. And so it's, it's like you're creating a new pathway each time, but there's like these yeah, three there's, factors. There's definitely these common themes of what's important to people, what the priorities are, but there are some things do we need to rely on our book knowledge? You know, that technical aspect of it where some of our clients, they want to talk about numbers, performance, all the data behind with it. There's other individuals that aren't focusing so much on the investment makeup, so to speak. They want to talk about what's important to them, their hopes, their dreams, and to balance what they're saving and what they're doing to get where they need to go. And there's many people that want to blend a both. And that can change over time. We have had clients that, you know, I always tell them, I'm like, I'm here to educate you as much as you want to be educated. If you want to lean in and understand more about what a stock, what a bond is, what an ETF, index funds, annuities, whatever it may be. I mean, there's all sorts of different products out there and, and different ways that you can do it. Or do you just really want to focus on here are my goals. I want to retire by the time I'm 62. I want to put my kids through college so they have that freedom of walking away debt-free. It changes as you go through different life phases. Your priorities change as you, if you have a family, your family dynamics. I think of my family dynamics influenced my own financial decisions and my own financial behaviors. And we see that so much with our clients, or we have some that will be just like me and they didn't have that great example. I mean, I have clients where their kids are starting to invest even before they even understand what it is, because that's just how their family dynamics, they've always done it. So it's its really helping that person understand what path they want to go down and what are the steps that we need to do to get them there from an education standpoint, from a savings rate standpoint, managing risk. There's all sorts of different components that come into that relationship. Yeah. And so taking a step back, why are we doing this? You know, what are we ultimately trying to accomplish? When do we want to retire? What are all the different vehicles that we use to help people get there? What about my estate plan? You know, if you're blessed financially, what about my charitable giving strategy? So I just wanted more. And so in our industry, the CFP, Certified Financial Planner designation, really is kind of that gold standard. For me at the time, it required at least three years of experience in this industry. So now I believe it's five. At the time, you did not have to have a college degree, but now you do have to have a bachelor's degree in order to get your Certified Financial Planner designation. And then there's different programs that you could take. So I, <laughs> much, my husband probably doesn't agree with this, but I'd like to be lectured, you know, from an educational standpoint, I guess you could could say, I learned better in the classroom setting. There were different study programs that you could do for the CFP. You could do all online if you thrived in that self-study program. I wanted the classroom setting so I could have a professor to teach me these different areas, ask questions. And then we had like hands-on study groups, case studies, things like that. For me at the time, I ended up taking, it was close to a year and a half, almost two years to get all of my different coursework. It was financial planning, retirement savings, investments. There was insurance, taxes. I learned how to do a tax form longhand. Don't know why you would ever do that with technology these days, <laughs> but I could fill out a 1040 longhand. And then the same thing from an estate planning standpoint, learning about wills and trusts and power of attorneys and being able to do estate tax returns longhand. But really what it did is it gave me the background of the importance of bringing all of those different areas together into one piece and say, okay, there's all of these different areas that are important for different people, but how do you bring all those pieces together? So it was 
was six different courses that I had to take at the time. And then I did a comprehensive two-day test. So I'm dating myself a little bit. It was still, I don't know what that's called, where it was the- Scantron. Scantron, where with the number two, the number two pencil and you Mm -hmm. fill up, got to make sure you fill in the bubble entirely. And so I had to wait about six weeks to get my test results. And I will, I will never forget this. I was working in a, a family owned bank in central Minnesota at the time. And I got my big white envelope from the CFP board of standards. And it was the clear envelope on the front, like the window that had my address. And the first thing I saw in big capital letters was congratulations. And I literally screamed with excitement. <laughs> and my bank president came out of the office thinking something had happened. It was completely unprofessional. I do not recommend it. But I was so excited. And everyone's congratulating me. And then I had to pause for a second. And I'm like, I should probably open up the envelope to make sure I pass. But they wouldn't say congratulations if I didn't pass. But at the time, it was about a 52% pass rate. And then it actually decreased each additional time that you took the test. Because it is so comprehensive of, of this knowledge. Either you know it or you don't. That was, again, kind of dating myself back in uh, 2009 when I passed that test. And now there's a lot of continuing education that I have to do for my various insurance license, securities license. But the CFP, we have 30 additional hours that we have to take every two years. There's a code of conduct that we adhere to. We have an ethics course that we take specifically for CFPs. It's a great designation that really brings all those pieces together. Do you need to be a certified financial planner to be an advisor? No, but I would definitely say there's so much added value in education and being able to really bring all those pieces together, depending on what path that you're taking. I have individuals that aren't a CFP and they're great financial advisors based on the experience that they have. That was just the right path for me. And as a younger female in this world, I just wanted that designation myself to just kind of give me that added value. For my clients. Yeah. I mean, it, what's interesting is it sounds like it's, I mean, it's quite a process to get that done. I think if anyone's listening that is working with a CFP, I mean, I think that's kind of neat to hear the inside baseball a little bit on what it's really like, because you can know that, man, that person you're working with has done a lot of work to get there. They've gone through classes probably. They don't have to do Scantron. No like, Scantron. No, right. no pencil. Technology is a beautiful thing. So now there's been some advancements. Probably but. do it on their smartphones or something. <laughs> but yeah, it's amazing. And that's really, really neat. Tell us a little bit more now. After So you got your CFP. What happened after that? Did something dramatically change for you? There wasn't all of a sudden. I, I got my CFP on a Tuesday and all of a sudden Wednesday, I started doing things differently with my clients. It was the information that I gathered through all my CFP courses that helped. But what it did is it, it, it kind of trained me, retrained me, I guess you could say. I mean, I, at that point in time, I'd been a financial advisor for over five years, had a lot of experience working with clients. I had clients that were having the confidence in me to help them manage their funds. But yet it just gave me, you know, I talked about before perspective. It gave me different perspective, bringing all of those pieces together. And then as I progressed through my career, I had clients that were going through different life phases. And so those clients were relying on me to help them in that phase of life. And some people were focused solely on investments. Some people really needed to focus on protection planning, which is just a pretty word for insurance, but it was really important to protect their loved ones in case something happened. So I was grateful for the added education that I had in all the different types of insurance. I think of estate planning. There's a little bit of translation that needs to be done with 
I, I mean, I think of a doctor, I think of attorneys, kind of putting it in plain terms. And so I was able to kind of translate some of those estate planning terms or tax planning terms for clients and how it applies to them. So it just gave me that added foundation of knowledge to bring all the pieces together and looking long-term and saying, okay, the choices that we make today, this is the impact five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So it, it just gave me so much additional perspective that I don't know how I would have learned without that practical, like that basic foundation of book knowledge, and then layering on all the practical knowledge that I gave just from experiences with my clients. Well, how cool to be a part of somebody's life like that too. I mean, you're you're kind of welcomed in. I mean, I would imagine that you almost became family probably to some of oh, your I did. clients. I mean, I'm on I mean, people's Christmas card list. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I have some clients that they've brought me into their home and I have met their children and their grandchildren. You know, there's different advisors that have different relationships. And I think it's a relationship. I really do believe so. I mean, we provide a service. We help you understand what your investments are and to help you achieve your goals. But we feel our most successful, it is a relationship because you have to have the basic foundation of really understanding what's important to them. Money can be simple or it can be very complicated. And when you add in all the other financial dynamics, and then there's just life, life happens. You know, someone loses a job. There's a, a death in a family. I think there's different challenges that people go through. So having that compassion and empathy to understand where they're at makes all the difference in the world. I mean, they're looking to, for us to Get them, where they, get them where they need to go and to be that unbiased person. But that doesn't mean we can't use like the relationship that we have and our feelings for them to help do a better job. Totally. Yeah. And that's something that you kind of probably gain over time working mm -hmm. with people. And so could you talk us through the, I, I believe you were, you were at this institution for a while yeah. and you got your CFP. And so you kind of, it sounds like you sort of grew up in the space there yeah. and then you, you left, right. And you, you joined BCU, I think after that. So what was that like? I mean, what, what were you kind of giving up there and what were you gaining and what was that like for you personally? Yeah. Yeah. So I was working in my husband's family's bank, you know, they'd bank there for generations, smaller town mentality, everyone knew everybody. And so it was a great experience. It was a great way to build relationships, but I was just looking for something more. I wasn't actively looking. I didn't even know what that more was. I just wanted more. That's why I went down the CFP path because I just wanted more. And so I was actually recruited, called by a headhunter, you know, one day, and they just explained the opportunity at the credit union and shifting from the banking world to the credit union world. It was a different space that I really didn't have much experience in or understanding and how they worked. And so long story short, ended up taking this position and it was unique from a personal standpoint. My son was in high school when I first started looking at this opportunity and he was a junior. And by the time I got the job offer, it was right before his senior year. And we weren't going to pull him from the school that he'd gone to his whole life. And so luckily I, I ended up relocating from central Minnesota to the Twin Cities area. And my sister lived in the Twin Cities. So I lived with her and her family during the week and then went back home on weekends. And then after my son graduated from high school, he went off to college and we moved down here. And now I've lived in Minneapolis for the last, oh goodness, 12 years. Wow. So almost 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, that <clears throat> the time you worked out about as close as it could, it yep, sounds yep, like you, yep. but that's great that you were able to make that move. And yep. um, sounds like you kind of found a way to, to make it happen. What was, I guess, different about coming over to the, the Craigian space? And tell us, I think you were working at one of our company partner yep, spaces. Yep, yep. And so, so what I had originally done was in a family owned 
family-owned bank in a community. So it was very community-based. It was all sorts of different employer groups, individuals, family situation, but very, very small town feel. I was hired to be the financial advisor for Target. One of our company partners is Target Corporation. So I was brought in working inside Target headquarters. And really it went from helping a community of people to focusing on doing financial planning and wealth management services for Target employees and their families. So it was it was a big shift because it w- went from learning about 35, 40 different retirement plans to just really becoming an expert in one and the importance of employee benefits and understanding what that package was. I still could help them do all the other things, retirement, education planning, protection planning, but then really being able to lean into the employer benefit piece and then being able to partner with them. And then all of a sudden there were a bunch of people that were very similar in career stages, I'd say saving stages, you know, those different aspects of their financial life. And so I could kind of like replicate what I was doing times hundreds, you know, and helping all sorts of target team members at HQ and across the country. So it was a big shift. And then going from a family owned bank to a credit union model is very unique in itself too. I think of what we do is to help people. And that's at the core of what a credit union does. They want to offer banking services to individuals. And so I think of it really aligned the strategy when what I was trying to accomplish as a financial advisor and a financial planner to working for a credit union that kind of had the same core values as I did as an individual, now working for a company that did the same thing. So I was at Target for 10 years, and then I got the opportunity to apply for the leadership position in our department. So it's been about 18 months which time flies when you're having fun, that I stepped into the leadership position. It's been unique going from, as I always called it, an individual contributor, really having that one-to-one relationship with a client, what's important to them, to now looking at leading a team that does exactly that. You know, how can we, how can we help more people? How can we do more things for our clients and, and help them achieve more dreams? It's a big shift, but it's a fun challenge and a great opportunity for me to kind of stretch my, stretch my wings. Yeah. You did more and now you're doing more again. <laughs> well, my personal motto is like, I, I have a, it's do more, be better. I take that from a personal standpoint in my life. My husband says, I'm a, I have a bleeding heart. I'm very charitably inclined. I love giving back. And so do more, be better. I think from a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint can mean, you know, I think of our credit union's purpose, empowering members towards financial freedom means different things to different people. My personal motto of do more, be better means different things to different people. But if you kind of apply that simple core value to what you do and the people that you come in contact with, nothing but good things can come from it. Yeah. Sounds like what, maybe Nike should use that next or something. Instead of just do it, they're going to know. Do more, be better. Do more, be better. So if someone is out there considering heading down this path, why don't you tell us a little bit about what are maybe the three most important skill sets that somebody needs to have to be a successful planner? And then any other advice you'd want to give to like your younger self or somebody that might be that, you know, really thinking about this, like, oh, it's kind of a big step. I'm not quite sure. Those kind of go together. I'd love yeah. to hear what you have to say. Yeah. Putting me on the spot because I haven't thought about this. I would probably say a couple different things is compassion. You have to care about other people. You have to really understand what's important to them and apply 
apply that to the practical knowledge that you have and translate it into facts and figures, you know, but then being able to communicate back to them in a way that they understand, you know, because that conversation is going to go different for different people. So compassion, you know, is going to be that one piece. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Organization is extremely important. You know, we have a lot of different client relationships kind of keeping them all trapped, you know, organized. I think of, we are in a highly regulated world, which is extremely important. So documentation, suitability standards, consistently meeting with our clients. So definitely that the, those organizational skills are going to be really important. So you have compassion, you have organization, and then to be honest, drive, drive and ambition. This industry is hard. You can't help everyone and that's okay. Because also you may not be the greatest fit for everyone. I have said before, it's a relationship and I am not the right financial advisor for everyone. So you have to have that drive and ambition to not be defeated when someone says no to moving forward in a relationship or no, I don't feel that that particular investment recommendation is right for me. You kind of have to be strong in your convictions and know that there are more people out there that are wanting your help and needing your help. So there's that bit of drive and ambition that you have to have along with compassion and organization. Yeah, those are great tips. I mean, you know, even as a financial professional, I, for for a lot of years, I wasn't working with a financial advisor. I was sort of like, well, I can do this on my own. I, I know enough to be dangerous. And just this last year, actually, my wife and I decided it was time to maybe get some help from someone. And so we did some interviewing and we met with different people. We kind of asked some different questions and it was just that. It was just trying to find, you know, the best fit for this season of life, trying to find someone that's maybe got similar values, you know, lots of different, there's a few different factors, I guess, but we landed on someone and it's been great to kind of have someone, even in my case where I enjoy this work, I know a lot about it. It's super helpful to have someone and you've been that to me too, just someone to bounce ideas off of, you know, to check in. And I I find even in coaching that very often people just want to have someone to talk to about their ideas, you know, and and they may not have anyone else, you know, in their, in their world. So to have someone that kind of can see your full picture, knows enough and has a lot of great tools to be able to help you project out, like you said, what that can, what the impact would be and helps you get perspective. I think one of the most helpful things that was said to our family was to my wife and I was just kind of balancing the short term and the long term. I think I tend to be a little more like your mom where I'm more of a saver and kind of, you know, just really thinking about putting it away, like not, we don't want to do anything now. And I think I just, sometimes lose that mindset, I guess, of having really meaningful experiences now. My wife is great at that. And so I think us just being able to kind of come together to that conversation, not having me kind of lead that and direct it, but having her right alongside me and us going to somebody that was almost like a a little bit of a conversation we had together, but we're together in it and him kind of balancing us out a little bit to say like, don't forget about, you know, like these vacations and different things. Your kids aren't going to be in your house forever. Like don't, don't lose that. And so I think I'm sure that you do that with your clients too. And I think that's where it's so helpful to get that perspective and somebody that knows what they're talking about and can also help you think through these big decisions. And honestly, sometimes just give you permission that you can do it. You can actually do the vacation. I just had a a conversation with a client. She's, she's retired and she could successfully retire, never work again. And yet she's, she's taking on these consulting jobs because she just feels like she's spending too much. But I'm like, this is what you've worked hard for, you know? So there is a little bit of permission. I'm like, go spend money. She's like, 
really? I'm like, yes, <laughs> go spend money. And I think that that's where a role of a financial advisor, you know, I, I said before, in, in financial freedom means different things to different people. It's the same thing for a financial advisor. There's a lot of different financial advisors out there that offer different services and can provide different values. And you may need an advisor at one point in time that's just going to help you manage your wealth. You may be in another phase of life where you just need a plan built out, but you feel confident in managing your own wealth. Or maybe there may be a phase in your life where you need that plan and you need you know, someone to manage the assets. So there's there's different advisors out there that have different areas of expertise. Their their relationships are different based on their clients and the firm that they work with. So I think of it's it's really don't be afraid to interview someone. You know, I think of it is a relationship. You 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 interview someone for a job. You know, who's going to be the right fit for your company? It's the same thing. Your your financial advisor is filling a job to start. You know, this is what you want them to do. This is what you want to do. And this is what you want to do together. So finding the right fit, because then it does evolve into a different relationship. And then building that foundation of trust and confidence in them, but also yourself that they can help guide you, you know, make those decisions. I mean, I said earlier, it's, it's how, do you, how do you find the balance? Living a good life today but also making sure that you live a good life in the future. And it, it's it's having that person to walk beside you to help you make those decisions totally. along the way. Totally. Yeah, I think the key is to, if, if you're not going to really want to spend time or energy on your kind of future financial planning and, and really current financial planning too, it's really worth it to look into having an advisor because it just it's important that somebody's paying attention. I think that's kind of the key is that, Someone is helping you, you know, and it, it can, I mean, to start, it can be a trusted family member or friend that just knows a few things. But then as you start to save more and as the numbers maybe get a little bit bigger, then that's where it, it really is helpful to have someone that really knows what they're talking about and has, like we talked about, the book knowledge, the street knowledge, lots of experience working with different clients and that you feel a good connection with that you that you want to entrust that to. And then what's, it's just so sweet to have these conversations because it's, you're, you're talking about really big life things. I mean, like when I talk with our advisors, it's like, I've got four kids. So we're talking about college and weddings and what happens if something happens to us and and dreams. Exactly. Your advisor is helping you make your dreams come true. It's we take ownership ourselves for a career, you know, for family. But when there's these financial pieces that are translated, like our hopes and dreams translated into financial facts and figures. I I think of, I've shared with my family history with money. And so I put myself through college, you know, and I paid off my student loans. You know, we did what we could to help our son save for, for college. We, we helped raise a nephew and he decided no, to not go down the college path, but our son did. And so we ended up helping him with about a quarter of his college. And then he had the rest. And 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 we were blessed that we were able to have a plan, you know, with that. But I think of there was stressors, you know, in balancing, saving for retirement, but also helping our son with education. You know, and I think of as he's starting his family, I want to help my grandkids with college. So now I'm balancing how do I save for my own retirement? How do I make sure that I live a good life today? Balancing the experiences with the long term goals of retirement and paying for my grandkids' education. We live in Minnesota. 
God bless Minnesota, but maybe I don't want to live here in the winter when it snows <laughs> oh, 20, I mean, 24 inches in one day in April. I mean, maybe not. So my, part of my financial plan is to have a home in Arizona. So now it's like, okay, now I got to support two households. So it, it's, it's balancing all of those different pieces together and just having someone that can help you understand. But then I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's perspective. You know, I want my clients to understand what is the likelihood of success that they can achieve their goals. You know, I want them to help them understand what are the chances of that success. Manage expectations of can you retire and live the life that you want at 60 or do you need to maybe work till 62 or 65, you know, and then what are the trade-offs if you still want to retire at 60, but if you work till 62, then this is the life that you can have. So that's where sometimes a, a financial advisor can give that different perspective that it's just really hard for you to do, especially when you factor in inflation, because let's be real, rising cost of goods and services, million dollars today is not a million dollars in the future. So how do you put all those different pieces together and understand what that long-term picture looks like? And that's where an advisor delivering a financial plan can help too. Great, great words, great words of advice, great words of wisdom. Christy, thank you so much for being here today. What a cool story you have of getting to leading the wealth advisor area mm -hmm. at BCU. You've had a lot of interesting turns in your path and gotten a lot of expertise and can tell the passion is there. Can you remind us one last time of your motto, just in case anyone else wants to steal it? Do, <laughs> do more, be better. All right. Awesome. And thanks everyone for tuning in today. We know that life happens. Money is important, but we are here for you. And the Life Money You program offers a free subscription. If you want to go to lifemoneyu.com, you can subscribe to that. You'll get access to a bunch of helpful and relevant content. We've got financial coaches that are available to you. You're eligible for membership at the credit union. You can even work with a BCU wealth advisor that is of interest to you and you're ready for that. So lots of different things to get here, but hopefully uh, you've been inspired today by Christy. And thanks again for being here. Thanks for having me.